0: Welcome to this pre-recorded service for March the 21st, coming to you from the Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're glad that you joined us, and I pray that as we share this hour of worship together, that you will experience the presence of God in a special way. In the space of your home that you've made for worship, let's dwell upon the peace which God promises to give us and invite him to be present to us. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad as we prepare our hearts and our minds for worship.
1: Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Let us worship God.
2: Our time of penitence before God gives us the opportunity to rid ourselves of the weights we carry, the lingering sense that we have not lived up to our full potential, that we have cheated others, that we are disoriented and mirrored down in troubles of our own making. Let us seek forgiveness and reconciliation. Oh God, we have ignored our origin in you and denied your rule over the nations. We have pursued illusions of self-interest rather than abiding in your love. We have turned away from brothers and sisters as if they were enemies to be hated. We are afraid to love those who differ from us or who have the power to harm us. We hesitate to take the risks of caring for fear that we may be hurt discipleship seems too demanding oh God release us from our fears and failures to trust your love and live with bold generosity in Jesus name Amen God so loved the world so much that Jesus Christ was sent to show us the way to eternal life we're not condemned but offered saving grace Come to the light. Let its warmth melt away our resistance to God's truth. We are recreated in Jesus Christ that we may do the good that God intends and make the goodness our way of life. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. WE NOW HAVE THE OPPORTUNITY TO SAY TOGETHER THE CREED THAT UNITES US IN THE CHURCH UNIVERSAL, THE APOSTLE'S CREED. I BELIEVE IN GOD, THE FATHER ALMIGHTY, MAKER OF HEAVEN AND EARTH, AND IN JESUS CHRIST, HIS ONLY SON, OUR LORD, WHO WAS CONCEIVED BY THE HOLY GHOST, BORN OF THE VIRGIN MARY, SUFFERED UNDER Pontius PILATE, WAS CRUCIFIED, DEAD, AND BURIED. HE DESCENDED INTO HELL. THE THIRD DAY HE ROSE AGAIN FROM THE DEAD. And as spring brings new life, we're renewed in Christ and we share this time together to bring forward that peace of Christ with one another. Peace be with you.
3: and welcome again to this pre-recorded service from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We're so glad you're here, whether you're joining us for the first time or you've been worshiping with us for a long time. I have a few announcements this morning, the first of which uh, relates to our Holy Week and Easter Sunday services. Registration is now open for the services that we're holding here on campus throughout Holy Week and Easter Sunday. You can find that registration on our website. Maundy Thursday and Good Friday, we will be having services here on campus at 6.30 p.m. Those services will also be available to you via live stream. So you can watch and uh, observe Holy Week with us from home if that is your preference. You can view that either on our website, on Facebook, or on our YouTube channel. In addition, during Holy Week, we will have our Easter sunrise service at Lido Beach. It's near the pavilion. Bring your own chair or blanket. We will not be providing chairs this year, so we hope to see you there bright and early on Easter morning for that special service. Also relating to Easter, there is the opportunity to sponsor uh, Easter flowers to make a dedication either in memory of or in honor of someone. You can make those donations to, again, dedicate flowers. You can make the donation via our website and any amount is welcome. Uh, You can donate flowers for either the sanctuary or the campus center, but you need to do so by 10 a.m. on March 29th. Again, the deadline is Monday, March 29th at 10 a.m. You can dedicate flowers for Easter. A couple of other things. This coming Saturday, March 27th, we will have the next in our series of Teze services and it premieres at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, and that's on YouTube or Facebook, and it's a really special, prayerful, quiet service, and invite you to take a closer look at that. April 24th, we continue to take registrations for the one-day women's retreat, Be Still and Be Well. It's from 9.30 a.m. to 2 p.m., and it's movement, yoga, worship, Bible study. should be a great day. If you're a member of Church of the Palms, reach out to Susan Neisler in the Palms Center, and she can get you a discount, discount code that you can use during registration. Also, some very... Good news from Pastor Lori this week that she and Anita Lustria will be continuing their practice of Lectio Divina throughout the summer months. They gather every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. via Zoom, and you're welcome to join them at any time, and you can come one Wednesday and miss the next, whenever is most convenient for you, and it's an opportunity to to listen and reflect and share thoughts about how God is speaking to you through Scripture. It's a very enriching practice, and again, you're invited to, to join them through the summer, including during Holy Week. So now we have a very special opportunity to hear from Miss Carol, who journeyed out into the woods. She's very brave, Miss Carol, with over 20 third through fifth graders. And we wanted you to have a look at their adventure.
4: Because COVID happened, we couldn't go to Cedar Kirk with traditionally we do a spring bash where we take third through fourth through fifth graders and we sleep in cabins. It's a 24-hour retreat. We decided maybe we would do our own event, so we took 23 kids and um, a bunch of adults out to the woods for the day. Um, some of the things we got to do were we, we were on a, um, a high zip line, which the kids love. Many of them have never, you know, really don't get a, ch- a time to, to explore the woods and be outside. Um, in Florida because it's kind of hot. A lot of kids spend a lot of time inside. We had an outdoor worship service with the kids and the families. One of our favorite things to do was in the afternoon, we went down to the, the little river there and we took our shoes and socks off and just walked through the, the shallow river and uh, the kids sifted for shark's teeth and got a bunch of old shark's teeth. Exploring and wild and fun and there was no schedule. The great thing is that so many kids are so scheduled today, and there's so, um, you know, there's sports and there's school and there's so many rules. We just try to give these kids a chance to unplug and to be in the great outdoors, God's great creation. We had we had a chance to do a nature walk, and um, after our chapel, we um, we split up into groups and. Uh, you know just basically learned about things we don't normally notice out in the woods and the kids had a great time just being kids Um, we shared the creation of God we praised out in the woods together and we ran with sticks (laughs) it was great Um, kids were introduced to something that maybe they wouldn't normally be exposed to and so that's what I love so much about Cedar Kirk is that it's like untouched woods and it's beautiful.
5: It is such a joy to welcome and introduce our newest members to you today. We have new members, they have gone through new member class and answered all the covenantal questions and decided to join Loving God and Loving Neighbor mission with us here at Church of the Palms. They are namely Norma and David Hughes and Justin McCormick and James Taylor. So Norma, David, Justin, and James, welcome to the family of faith at Church of the Palms. Let us pray. Our most gracious and loving God, we come together as your people to worship you, We come to give our thanks that our living is full of your abundant provision for all our needs, body, mind, and spirit. We thank you, O God, for the people of faith who have preceded us in following Jesus and serving you in the power of the Holy Spirit. Great God, today we lift up our gratitude for these new members who joined us in loving you and loving our neighbors. May their gifts of character and spirit enable us to be your blessings to others, we pray. O Lord of every place and every condition, we lift our prayers for your people all around the world who face great challenges of disease, want, and oppression. Touch their lives with hope and ease their pain, we pray. We pray for leaders of all nations, that they may follow your leading and find a way toward peace for all peoples. In particular, we pray this day for Myanmar and Yemen and Sudan. Gracious God, we lift up all those who are sick, including COVID patients, for your healing. We pray for all those who are grieving, those who are afraid, and those who are feeling isolated. We remember those who serve, risking their lives to keep us safe. Medical workers, first responders, firemen and women, soldiers, humanitarian workers, mission workers, and all who work in the night while we sleep in peace. May each of them feel your presence, we pray. We bring all our prayers, spoken and unspoken, to you in the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power And the glory forever, Amen. So now we have come to the time of worship, what we call moment of gratitude. In the Gospel according to Luke, chapter six, verse thirty-eight, we read, "Give, and it will be given to you." In my language, Mizo, it says, (laughs) "Pela i chang tamang." So it means that God has given us so much, and if we give, we will be given back even more. God has given us all that we have, including our very lives. So now let us take this opportunity to give back to God so that the ministries and mission of the church may continue. Four Ways of Giving is on the screen. Let us now give generously.
0: us pray. Lord, we recognize that we're here because of the generous giving of our congregation. And though we cannot be physically present today, we know that their gifts and prayers make such a difference. We pray that what they give will be used most effectively for serving those to whom you have called us to love and to encourage, and together to find a joyful trust in you. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We are so grateful for the children of our congregation, and we have a video that we want to show you, and we invite them and all of us to look at it.
4: So now it's time for the children's moment, and we'd like to invite you upstairs, what we do on Wednesday mornings with our our chapel kids. And um, so we have our preschool kids here with us, and we do this on Wednesday mornings. And today we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. So enjoy. You can see some cereal. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, what is this? Lucky charms. lucky charms. Have you ever had cereal. lucky charms?. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was an adult before I had Lucky Charms. Yeah, I was missing out big time. This reminded me of St. Patrick's Day. And you know why? Because my kids thought it was a lucky day on St. Patrick's Day. And Lucky Charms is filled with all sorts of lucky charms. Like, let's see, there's a rainbow and a heart. But the the Bible tells us, it gives us one person to rely on, that we don't need luck. We have one person, and the Bible tells us that that's the only one we have to rely on. Who do you think that is? God. It's Jesus, right?
6: Jesus.
4: It's called St. Patrick's Day because there's a man. Something happened when he was just a kid. He was just a kid, and he was stolen. and But he had God into his heart. He believed, and he trusted in the Lord, and he prayed to God. And he went to Ireland, and yep. you know what? He told other people about Jesus. He shined his light bright. The Bible tells us in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, right after Jesus was alive again, his friends were a little confused, like, how could you be alive again? What happened? And he was right there with them and he was sharing a meal with them. He said to them, Go into all of the world, preach the good news about God, about Jesus to everyone you know. It says it right here. So that reminded me of what St. Patrick did. You know that? He didn't rely on Lucky Charms to help him. He didn't pick a four leaf clover and say, if I just find a four leaf clover, I know I'll, I'll be okay. No, you know who he trusted in? He trusted in the Lord and he prayed to the Lord and the Lord blessed him. He shined his light to everyone he met and he told them about Jesus and how Jesus died for you and me. St. Patrick decided to do just what Jesus told his friends to do, is to go into all the world and tell the good news of Christ to every people in the world.
1: Our scripture lesson this morning comes to us from the Old Testament, from the book of Proverbs, the third chapter, verses three through eight. Hear the word of God. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely upon your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh, and a refreshment for your body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, we pray, O Lord, that you will allow these words to come, to point to the word just read, and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, this morning we continue in our series on the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness. We have been looking at the various signs of God's faithfulness found in Scripture and other places. We have looked at the rainbow in the story of Noah and at the baptismal font. And today we look at the wedding ring, the sign of the faithfulness we pledge when we marry someone. Marriage is a covenant and an institution filled with all sorts of gravity and expectations and emotion and trial by error and mystery. The odds of which are still around 50% as to reaching the goal the couple set out for at the beginning of it all. Some of you have been married to the same person for a long time, others have been divorced, others remarried, others widowed, others never having ventured. And because of all these states we have very mixed emotions about marriage, pride, contentment, hurt, anger, satisfaction, grief, doubt, celebration, you name it, you can find it in the baggage called marriage. So, How then to preach about the faithfulness to which we aspire in the covenant of marriage? Well, this morning I want you to imagine that you are a fly on the wall of my study, and you are witnessing a conversation between myself and a couple who are hoping and planning to get married. As with most couples who come to see me, they consider themselves madly in love and on the fast track to the big day and the big party. Not much to talk about in their minds. So with pretty much every couple I marry, I request that they take an inventory that helps me understand the dynamics of their relationship and the areas that are present for opportunities for growth. And we typically meet for three or four sessions and explore the uniqueness of their relationship. No one really quite understands what they're getting into when they get married. Most of what you have to learn about marriage is not something you can read about and understand before you get married. It's something that you just have to experience. I'm well aware that my counsel to a couple before they get married is really only about planting seeds that might be remembered down the road when they meet up with some of the unexpected twists and turns of every marriage. I am not a marriage counselor. I know just enough to be dangerous. But I try my best to provide some pastoral perspective for couples as they anticipate the journey upon which they plan to embark. If ever there was a human institution through which people get to explore the fruit of the spirit of faithfulness, it is this institution we call marriage. We agree to a lot when we exchange vows and rings before God and family and friends. We promise the moon when we promise to be faithful, a faithful lifelong partner with somebody else. And there are all sorts of things that can undermine our hopes and dreams, things avoidable and things unavoidable. Marriage after all is two broken human beings coming together and what could go wrong with that scenario? So again, put yourself as a fly on the wall of my study and listen in as I in monologue form share with this couple what faithfulness might look like as they prepare to start the lifelong journey together. So good to see the two of you this afternoon. Thank you for coming in and spending some time thinking about what it means to embark upon this sacred journey of two becoming one and seeking to be faithful to each other as you commit to a lifelong partnership. I want to begin by asking you to imagine that you as a couple are in a sailboat docked in a harbor. Let's imagine the harbor over at Marina Jacks in the middle of town. You're in that boat because you decided to get married, and right now you're making plans to get the boat ready for the big day when you will taxi your vessel out to the harbor's entrance and past the breakwaters where you will hoist the sails and begin your odyssey. It's the hoisting of the sails and the piloting on the open seas, which is marriage. The open seas are different, of course, than the safety of the harbor. On your wedding day, the sky is blue, the sun is beaming, and all is well with the world. You may have done a little sailing together, but not much, and and you most certainly have no idea as to what awaits you once the land of your former life fades from view. Now it's just you and you and the sails and the water and the winds and the waves and whatever the circumstances are that await you in your life together. And it's these set of circumstances that await you that you will experience and only you will experience them. You see, that's the thing. No boat, once it starts its voyage, faces the exact same conditions as any other boat. No marriage travels the same course. No marriage manages through the same circumstances. Every partnership faces different things, elements around them, and maybe just as importantly, elements within them. You just don't know what's going to come an important thing to keep in mind no boat no marriage encounters the same elements different crew different vessel different winds different waves different weather different destinations it's important to remember that because what you may want to do is compare yourself to the other boats why can't we be like that couple why can't we have a marriage like those people well guess what you can't different boat Different elements, different directions. Instead, you get to focus on how to support each other and partner with each other as you face into the unique elements around you and within you. There's a quote I too often use from Victor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor, when he said, it's not what we expect from life that matters, but what life expects from us. And for each couple setting sail upon the open seas of marriage, life expects something different. And it's your strength, your resolve, your faith, your prayer, your love, your compassion, your grace, your wisdom that will be expected of you. And what you will discover when you get out upon those open seas is how little you know about yourself. Most most folks think that the greatest challenge of marriage is knowing and understanding your partner, when actually just as significant a challenge is knowing and understanding yourself. You are a mystery even to you. There are feelings inside of you that you have not yet explored. You are still trying to figure yourself out, and so is your partner. Marriage is the vessel where that happens, all while we're hoisting sails, and lowering booms, and tying lines, and battering down hatches, and taking cover, and paying bills, and raising children, and cutting the lawn, and saving for college. It's thrilling and maddening and life-threatening and rewarding all at the same time. Somewhere at the beginning of it all, we said we loved each other. And and we were pretty sure we knew what that meant when we set sail. But then when the sea gets rough and the winds kick up and the boat takes on a little water, it's then that we discover the different things that love is supposed to mean. And we hear the wisdom teacher tell us that we are to bind loyalty and faithfulness around our necks and write them on the tablets of our hearts. And this loyalty and faithfulness makes us realize that it's not just what I think, it's also what you think, and it's also what God thinks. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. Because when the waves get rough and the winds get strong, what we need most is each other. God, you, me, loyalty and faithfulness to each other, this three-person crew. What we need most, because we are piloting this boat together, is to try to figure it out together, which is a whole lot easier said than done. Because the two of you are human beings, so not only are you trying to figure out how to keep the ship afloat, you're trying to figure out yourself, and you're trying to figure out the other person in the boat. And just when you think you figured out the other person in the boat, they change. They're growing. They're becoming someone different. So much of marriage is helping each other become who you are to be. Marriage is two coming together to support each other as each other changes. And at some point, you're supposed to look at each other and say, you're not the person I married. Bingo. 100 bonus points for the couple that not only says that to each other, but celebrates it. Life has too many discoveries, too many turns, too many surprises for us not to think that we will be molded into someone different. The school of hard knocks knocks us about and reshapes us and teaches us and forms us into new beings. And it is the love and the loyalty and the faithfulness that holds us together. And it is the love that reminds us that each of you is sacred and fragile you are agreeing to partner with someone who is very sacred and very fragile and life gets busy and life sends you a thousand directions and life is stressful and life would have you forget that your sailing partner is sacred and fragile and sacred and fragile things demand attention. Pay attention. No swing in the boom without looking. Because the sacred and fragile person you've chosen as a partner is a person filled with all sorts of feelings hard to understand feelings so that usually when you get into a little disagreement or into a big disagreement or into a passionate debate or into World War Three, The sacred and fragile thing before you is this bundle of feelings And what you most want is to understand and honor those feelings you never want to win a fight. There is no winning a fight in a marriage. If you want a fight, then you've increased your chance of losing the war. What you want is to understand and honor the feeling behind the anger or the hurt or the disappointment or the grief or the stress or the exhaustion, because that's what sailing partners do. They understand and honor the elements on the inside while they contend with the elements on the outside. And for some, there comes a time when something happens or doesn't happen, and there starts this seed, this little seed of doubt, that there starts this question about. Whether or not i 've chosen the right partner, and that could be a pretty scary thing when that happens, because that must mean that your marriage has something really wrong if you 're entertaining such thoughts and questions and and some do have serious issues, and some are so serious that they do need to separate but that but that doesn't have to necessarily be the case. Most marriages have doubts and questions. Most people discover things they wish were different in their partner. Most would like to dream about being married to the ideal partner, but there is no ideal partner because there is no ideal human being. What is the old adage? Pity the man who's looking for the perfect woman. Pity him more when he finds her. Marriage is not about ideals. Marriage is about the partner you've chosen to love and to love them for the mystery and the surprise and the limitations and the changes they bring because they are trying to do the same for you. That's which is why I say to couples like you that once you've chosen the one with whom you will partner on this crazy journey of life, What you are entering is this great laboratory of love, and there is nothing quite like it. You have submitted yourselves for this great experiment that will show you what love really looks like, and you will wonder what sail to put up and what sails to take down. You'll wonder who should be at the till and who should be below deck. You'll wonder what commands need to be shouted, what advice needs to be whispered, and when it's best to say nothing at all and you will try to figure out what kind of sailors you are and what kind of sailors you want to be, and it will be scary, and it will be exhilarating, and there will be days of placid seas and lounging in the stern, and there will be days of all hands on deck. Every day will bring this experiment of love, and you will learn something more that you didn't know about yourself and about your partner. And you will give thanks for the grace that came your way from the one who put you together and from the one who said yes to you. Which I suppose is how I should end, with grace. There's a little prayer I pray at most weddings I conduct, and a part of it goes like this. O Lord, give them a great spiritual purpose in life, May they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then the other things shall be added unto them. Loving you best, they shall love each other the more, and being faithful unto you, faithful to each other they will be. May they not expect that perfection in each other that belongs only to you. May they minimize each other's weaknesses and be swift to praise the points of strength and see each other through a lover's kind and patient eyes. Give them a little something to forgive each day that they may grow in grace, and may they be as patient with each other's faults as you are with theirs. Give them, O Lord, enough tears to keep them tender, enough hurts to keep them human, enough of failure to keep their hands clenched tightly in yours, and enough of success to make them sure they walk with God. And may they never take each other's love for granted, but always experience that breathless wonder that exclaims, Out of all all this world, you have chosen me. It is by grace we are saved, writes the apostle, and it is by grace that we save each other. It is by grace that we bind loyalty and faithfulness as yokes and etch them upon our hearts. It is by grace that we hold on to each other as we hold on to the lines that hold the sails, that hold the wind, that guide the ship on calm or stormy seas. Blessings to you as you make your way to harbor's edge and as you set sail on unchartered waters.